This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 93 of the DTV Digest. I'm your host Mike Parkin and joining me as usual is Richard Hawes. Hello everybody. As usual we bring you news and reviews of the films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went to DVD, Blu-ray and streaming media and this week we're taking a look back at the year that was 2019. Um, Rich, how would you describe this year in terms of DVD? Oh, it's been a... It's been a pretty good year, I think. I, I'm not sure how we compare year on year with last year, but I know it's definitely um, been different in quite a few ways. Uh, like we haven't seen as many Christmas-themed releases as I would have expected. We did, uh, we did do a good job last year, didn't we? We had, we, we had a lot to choose from for our Christmas special yeah. last year. And I think this year you, you pointed out one, um, Sleigh Bells, I believe it was called. Um, I'm hoping this will check that out later on. Yeah, that's a new one that's turned up online. But in terms of DVD releases, I think we've only had like two, which yeah, is uh, two or three. You know, really, um, are really quite surprising considering last year. I think we had like five or yeah. maybe more. I mean, mostly sort of horror themed. But uh, as, yeah, as that's what, that's what I was thinking, thinking was you know the sort of more sort of horror themed sort of Christmas kind of films like like the um, Once Upon a Time at Christmas. I thought we we both enjoyed. Um, yep. uh, Secret Santa was another one that, that yep. went down really well. So yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was a good year last year. This year, not so many of that sort of film. No, but we've seen all the usual kind of war and uh, um, sci-fi and horror and stuff that we would usually expect. And we'll get onto that a little bit later. Uh, let's. I think we should start off by having a think back about the last 15 episodes that we've recorded mm-hmm. uh, that, that have made up this year. We've covered quite a lot of ground. We have, yes. We covered. We started off with things like uh, Night Shooters, uh, Leprechaun Returns, uh, Backtrace with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that'll get me. All the way through a whole later. bunch of Scott Atkins movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we ended up with uh, Craig Fairbrass uh, in Rise of the mm. Foot Soldier, which we covered in our uh, Rise of the Foot Soldier Marbella, which we covered yeah. in our last episode, uh, with a little tangent into the world of the Fight and Spirit Film Festival that as well and we've been able to also to sort of focus on the output of certain countries which you wouldn't associate sort of action cinema with um such as uh, egypt and uh, malaysia finland of all places so yeah. um yeah rendell rendell of course did very, very well um yeah so we've, we've had a very interesting um sort of year on that front that's for sure um, uh, those who have not listened, those who've not listened to us uh, much in the past, or may, uh, may not know that we uh, not only covered the new releases, we also look back at some of the older stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have our throwback session section in which we this year looked at films as diverse as Late Phases, The Aggression Scale, Snowpiercer, uh, Dragons Forever, and Point Blank and Ticks, amongst uh, various yeah. others. Mm-hmm. And, and to my shame, some of those I hadn't even heard of prior to uh, doing the uh, the throwback section. Uh, it's been quite an eye opener. Um, but yeah, so some of them. And in terms really of interested. looking forward at new for new talent, we've mm-hmm. had we've got our short shot section, Absolutely. which has uh, just been an, we've had an abundance. It's been barely we've barely been able to just do one an episode, and mm-hmm. in, in some cases we've covered more than one, as was the case when we looked at the Fighting Spirit films, uh, and. When we come to the end of the show, we'll be 
having a look at what we think were our best, what our favourites mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, now, thinking about how far we've come and what we've done this year, Mike, is there anything you feel regret that you think we... I wish we'd covered that as a feature review um, from the new, from the film's release <coughs> this year. To be honest, it, yeah, I don't think there's a hell of a lot. Um, one genre we... we 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 kind of glossed over for one reason or another is is the western, mm. um, and there were quite a few. And the thing is, westerns do vary in quality. Um, I think you need a decent uh, visual scope to do a western properly, um, and and not many. You know, if you're shooting on video, it ju- it just does not look right at all. Um, so so a couple did fall. You know, victim of that, but uh, one in particular called the Kid, which mm. was, which was um, you know had people like Chris Pratt and um, was Ethan Hawke was in that one as well. Yep. Um, you know, and and it did have a good sort of sort of um, sort of director of photography involved in that one to give it the uh, and cinematographer to give it the right sort of look and lighting and everything. Um, so there's that one, and the, another one was. Um, um, oh, what was it called now? Uh, Never Grow Old with John Cusack and oh, yeah, Samuel yeah. Hirsch. Um, very different kind of western. Very very moody, uh, and the lighting in that in particular was, was a real sort of big, you know, a big factor in in, in its um, atmosphere. So so yeah, that that side of things I thought was quite good. Um, on the sort of martial arts front, there's been a couple of big releases from uh, Cine Asia. Um, and, and 88 films. 88 films we do really good with them, sort of releasing um, remasters of the, the classics. Um, but one, there's one film in particular called Shadow, which I really need to see, um, which was, again, it, it, I think it's basically shot all in black and white, um, and it's supposed to be really, really good. Uh, very, very complex story, <coughs> but very, very visually striking as well. Um, so that's one I'm sort of looking forward to seeing. So, yeah, I noticed that Rossatron, had, uh, or Ross Peacock, I think, had uh, picked that as like his favourite of the year. All oh, right, okay. Favourite action. Yeah, yeah. So, so these are ones I, I should point out. These are the ones I haven't actually seen myself yet, as, as well. No. Um, um, and, and the other one on, on the horror front, um, I've only seen the trailer for it, and I really did like the trailer for this. And that was um, the film called Amy or Amy. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's about, on Netflix. Yeah, it? sort of. Um, uh, sort of mur- murderous sen- oh. sentient phone AI thing, which is compelling its user to, to kill people. Um, I, I think that looks really interesting, so I um, really want to see that as well. I regret that we did not cover the Banana Splits movie. Didn't we cover that? No, I'm so, oh. <laughs> so we, it was definitely on the agenda, and I was just like, I still oh, haven't I seen it. I can't we, believe. It. We we had a gap, didn't we? Um, sort of shortly after the the Fighting Spirit F- Film Festival, yep. sort of work just got on top of myself and probably you as well. And we, I think we had about a two month gap where we didn't actually record any episodes. And I think that fell into that sort of period. Unfortunately, yes. you're absolutely right. Because I, I looked at that, you know, um, earlier going through the list, I'm going, well, yeah, we covered that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great film. Um, you know, it, was, it took the idea of the banana splits and sort of brought it into the modern day as if as if the show was still going up to a point. And, and yeah, it was just really, really well done. Um, you know, some nice gruesome moments. There was, a, there was a brilliant new young actress who was playing the, um, you know, you know, the black girl in it. 
who's um, the sort of production assistant. All right. I haven't seen the film. Oh, you haven't so seen it? Oh. No, that's what I mean. I haven't, right, seen, you haven't it, seen it. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> you, you, you really should. It is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Blonde Splits movie. If you haven't seen it, guys, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. So I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Critters Attack. No, Critters Five. Yep. And I haven't seen Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich. Oh, so, yeah, I have I mean, seen that, and I really do, do recommend it. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's it's very good. A very, very so slight co- um, political commentary. <laughs> so those are the three I sort of mainly regret. There's a few others like Escape Plan Three and Doom Annihilation and Rise of the Viking, the Roll Rain film. Uh, that came yeah. out quite some time ago, which I think would have been interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, just there's been so many. I mean, uh, as we'll get to in a in a minute, uh, we've had 300 releases on disc alone. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll sort of cover that in more detail. But you know, on this show, we look at a lot of stuff that's uh, VOD or SVOD mm-hmm. available, not even having a physical release. That's right. Uh, so it's it's just it's so impossible to try and keep up with the amount of releases there are <laughs> and, and fit it all in. But uh, we, did, we try our best here on the show to uh, pick out the best uh, for you or, 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 to, or to steer you away from some of the worst. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about films that you have seen that we didn't cover? Oh, films that we have seen. That, well, uh, I think we talked about them in, what our, in a, one of our older segments, The Washing Up, mm-hmm. but um, The Bouncer... Oh, the Jean-Claude. Uh, yeah. The Jean-Claude Van Damme film. I think that was probably one of my favourites of the year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, it won't figure into... I mean, if I was... Uh, it won't figure into our awards later, which are based on the films that we've, re- re- we've reviewed on the show. Yeah. But if I was giving out a personal award of, of one of my favourite films of the year, it would, uh, The Bouncer would definitely be up there. Cool, yeah. Um, I'd go for Rabid. Um, the Soska Twins uh, re- kind of remake of the Cronenberg film, mm. uh, which basically takes the idea and sort of spins it off um, into its own thing. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that. It's, it's, it's pretty messy at times, some, some good sort of gore bits and a very sort of crazy ending. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that one. So it, de- it deviates quite a lot from the original? I think so, yeah. Mm. Um, it has some sort of interesting ideas in it. A bit more of a re- reimagining. It's sort of closer to something like Neon Demon. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I quite enjoyed it. Um, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy this exactly, but it would have been a good one to, to cover on the show. Um, so I was really surprised that that went DTV. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm... His last couple, I don't think, have been particularly successful, but they pretty. They, I think they've all got cinema. They've all had cinema releases. Yeah. So this is closer wow. to um, something that like, Robert Rodriguez would have done, sort of back in the day. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's almost like a subsec, subchapter of um, sort of Desperado to a certain degree. Um, mm. But it's it's messy. It's typical Rob Zombie. You know, it, um, it, it's it's a very messy film. But how spot. does it fit with The Devil's Rejects? Do you think it fits well, or yeah, I think quite, so. Quite yeah, it's, it sort of follows on from the ending of, um, you know, literally from the ending of it. Um, obviously, they had to sort of um, who was the actor who died? Sid Haig, wasn't Sid it? Haig. Yeah, so they had to sort of like you know work around that. Um, he, he does have a couple of early scenes, um, but yeah, so he, so he got got offed pretty early on. Um, well, because that's what I was thinking. The I I just presumed that he was going to be one of the leads again. Hmm. Not realising that 
obviously, I guess, due to his health, that they had to introduce or, or emphasize another character. That's uh, right, yeah. So there's, so there's uh, another actor who's, uh, whose name I forget. But yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's one of those character actors who, who's been in loads of stuff and you've seen him all over the place. Uh, throughout the years, and uh, yeah, he's finally getting sort of looks a bit like William role. Sanderson sort of thing. He was, yeah. I was yeah. watching something with William Sanderson the other day. I mean, he's a great guy. He's yeah. great. So. Um, can't remember. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Boar, the um, the Australian creature feature. Nathan Jones, yeah, with Nathan Jones in it, um, doing his best sort of Lenny impression, sort of looking after baby rabbits and that sort of thing, and having to deal with this giant, giant, giant boar. Which is just goring everyone it comes across. That was actually pretty good. Some good, good practical effects in that one. Enjoyed it. And the film that I know we both enjoyed, Rich, and that's The Quake. Yes, I, I did manage to catch up with this one. It didn't have quite the scale uh, that I was expecting. It, it's, it, I mean, you, you see from a distance mm. a lot of destruction, but it very much narrows in on one location with the family, which makes sense. I mean, when you're trying to do that kind of story. You, you can't go too big, yeah. but when the, what it does with that particular location, I mean, it's extraordinary. I mean, that's a real life hotel location. Mm. The fact that they said, yeah, you can, you can destroy our, you know, on screen, yeah. you can destroy our hotel. We, we, we're not worried that that'll impact people no, no, staying. Yeah, that, people not want to visit our sky bar anymore. Yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, it's very good. Um, it's it's a huge build up, you know. It it takes mm. a while. Very long build up, yeah. Um, and it's some interesting sort of character elements to it, like um, you know, the this sort of the father guy from the first film is is become even more of a deadbeat dad than he was in the first one, you know. Um, and there's a couple of sort of narrative beats I wasn't on board with, but you you can't argue against the um, you know, the big finale sort of scene. I thought it was very good. Yeah, it does try to retread a bit too closely with you know what they did with the first one, and rather than sort of building on it and, and that, and it's you know it's that whole Jaws thing again mm. of somebody he knows something and they won't believe him, and that's right, it's the old towering inferno thing again, yeah, yeah the towering inferno and all that, yeah, yeah, but it's, so, it's all like how could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? You know? Well, fine, <laughs> um, there you go. Okay, so that's that's what we didn't cover, Rich, that we, that we no, kind of would have liked to, but moving on. Well, moving on, I think it's time now to talk about the DTV year. Mm. Yes, so we're going to now look at what the year looked like in the world of DTV. Uh, it's not just the uh, the world of streaming and stuff, but the... Physical media releases. We're talking DVDs and Blu-rays. Now, uh, by our estimation, there have been 300 disc releases Mm -hmm. this year, uh, DTV disc releases. Uh, Nice round number there. Uh, That includes 39 films of varying prestige that were given theatrical exposure. So that's referring to all the Curzon kind of artificial eye stuff, as well as uh, things like Escape Plan 3 with uh, Sylvester Sloan. Uh, the most releases from one distributor came from High Flyers. Uh, they were at 18% of all. There uh, were 55 releases this year. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, seriously, that's for, for you know one DVD company. To, I mean, that's like one a week at least. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's and, and what's wonderful about that is that they are a pure DTV mm. company. Then, yeah. you know, the second following on from them was like Signature Entertainment and they mix it up. They've got a bit of VOD and a yeah. bit of 
uh, cinema release, you know, like Escape Plan 3, like I was saying, uh, you know, some of the bigger star stuff that they put in theatres and on uh, on VOD at the same time. So, for example, as we're recording this, The Courier with Olga Kurilenko's just come out. Mm-hmm. So that's in some cinemas, but also on uh, sort of a premium VOD. Um, but high flyers, don't mess about with any of that stuff. It's just discs. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's all they tend to do. Well, I think they do a bit of streaming and that, but not to the same extent. And uh, they're one of those companies. If you if you didn't catch it on D, you know, you weren't able to see it on DVD, or you didn't fancy buying it on DVD, chances are it's going to turn up on Amazon Prime. So yeah. a lot, a large amount of their releases uh, get onto that service quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, two of the biggest selling DVDs, uh, DTV uh, releases of the year were theirs. Uh, so we had The Guard of Auschwitz, mm-hmm. which lasted 23 weeks in the official UK uh, Top 100 videos, and The Haunting of Borley Rectory, which lasted 18 weeks. These are huge numbers. They, they are, yeah. I mean, last year we had Spitfire, didn't we? That that was the one that sort of like just lasted forever in the charts for ages, the um, sort of Polish slash English co-production. Um, yes, but for a film, especially for a film like Borley Rectory, which is, you know, had a minuscule budget, mm. you know, it, it was definitely sort of punching way above its weight. Um, and, and, you know, it d- did very well for itself. I mean, you know, hopefully people actually enjoyed the film and didn't sort of like throw it in the bin or, you know, into the fireplace after watching it. But, um yeah, no, I, th- I thought that's very, very good, very good work and, for such a small film. And that one and uh, God of Auschwitz, both British movies. Yeah. So you know, so Borley Rectory was uh, Stephen M. Smith, and uh, the God of Auschwitz was uh, Terry Coker, mm-hmm. I believe his name. Now, sandwiched between those two was a much more high-profile release. Uh, it was The Vanishing with Gerard Butler, oh, yeah, which yeah. lasted mm-hmm. just one week longer than uh, Haunting of Borley Rectory, nineteen weeks. And that came out via Lionsgate. Mm. Took me a while to see that one, but um, yeah, it, it peaks too early, unfortunately. It's just, you know three three act structure, and by the end of the second act, it should have ended, unfortunately, but didn't. But the other big release, the other big releases, uh, or the you know the success stories are Siberia with Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. which we talked about back in uh, the beginning of the year. I think yeah, it was quite, quite episode, close to the beginning of the year. Uh, oh, sorry, about the middle of the year actually, episode well, eighty-two. Uh, in May, we covered that one, and uh, um, Papillon uh, and Replicas, another Keanu Reeves movie. Yes, right. They they tie for fifth place uh, in the, in the ranking of uh, the top five discs of the year. So that's been uh, that's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting mix there of you know high profile star led vehicles and a couple of like uh, sleep what we would call sleeper hits, wouldn't we? You know, just yeah. films that you would just not expect to do anything. And just sell and sell and sell. Um, that's quite extraordinary. Uh, the year, if we look at the by month, you know, we were looking at on a good month, you would get around 30 releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some months slower than others. December, it just it's dead. Nice. Yeah. We've had we had like three releases, nothing. Uh, November, it was getting quiet. We only had like 18. October was huge because of Halloween. Yeah, that was the biggest month of the year. Uh, and even the summer was quite, you know, sort of middling around, you know, 20 to 30. But it's, it's, uh, you know, if you said like an average amount of disc releases that we get at the moment is about 25 to 30 a month on average. I yeah. think that's still pretty solid considering, you know, 
the compet comp the competitive nature of uh, the way things are going with streaming services and VOD and stuff, they might not be sell DVDs might not be and Blu-ray discs might not be selling in such huge numbers. Hmm. So this could be a factor in the top 100 videos, but still they're holding their own with you know box sets and you know Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, re-releases of Christian Christmas films, yeah. you know, and I, which I, are dominate. Yeah, and I think this, I, I think the DTV market is going to be even more important in the future because Disney are just creating, you know, co creating an even larger conglomerate than they already were. You know, now they they own Marvel, they own Lucasfilm, they um, own Sony now as well. You know, that they're snapping all these things up un under this sort of the House of Mouse banner. Um, and I think it's, you know, the independents are going to be the ones giving you a, a refreshing outlook on, on cinema. You know, they're not going to be as conformative as, as what things may end up being. Who knows? If we look at uh, returning to the DT, the, the chart again, the top 100 videos, 44% mm -hmm. um, of releases this year charted. Which is pretty good, I think. I mean, I thought you know you're all you're heading towards half of the 300 discs there. So, so we're yeah. So we're looking at the top 100 DVD and Blu-ray sales every week, um, yep. and in that sort of official chart, we struggle most weeks to come up with the top 10 yes. of films which are purely DTV. You know, mm -hmm. which didn't get a cinema release at all. Um, and, you know, being seen in the UK for the first time. So for half of them to get a look in on that chart, I think, is very impressive indeed. Yeah, the uh, sub it's um, it's very good. The 133 would include all the all those, you know, releases that we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, other stuff like um you know, like the DC movies, the animated movies, yeah. they always do really well. They do. You know, there's, yeah. um, uh, war films, westerns. Mm -hmm. We see all these very common genres turning up, uh, as, as is uh, evidenced by, you know, when we say about like Papillon, you know, did really yeah. well in, in the charts. You know, there's that war, it's that, yeah. you know, bit of star power there pushes it up. And. Uh, Papillon and, would have done better if they'd managed to stick a Nazi flag on, on the. Um, <laughs> You know, somewhere on the on the poster, the he would have lapped it up by then. <laughs> yeah, that old trope. It is. The, um, well, we haven't seen as much of it this year, apart from the sort of the two Auschwitz films. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of um, purposely misleading marketing done in the past. Um, you know, with, with films, sort of, you know, small. Very small scale sort of war films, given sort of grandiose treatment on the DVD cover, and you know tanks and airplanes blowing each mm. other up, and all this sort of stuff, and you know stick a Nazi flag or a swastika on there, and you know you're bound to sort of shill a few more units. Well, there was recently one called Occupied, uh, which has a Nazi standing, you know, right on oh, the right. centre of the cover. But if you look at the original artwork, mm. which I think was called like I Am Teacher or something, it's like a really sort of doesn't right. look any. It looks like a completely different movie. I think it's a Russian film. Right. Uh, and just the the artwork that they've created for this film is just so different. I mean, it was like a, a film. Uh, there was another film with a Nazi standing front and center. Mm. That was that we talked about 
way back in a much earlier episode where it had been released three times. Yes. Do you remember it at all? And Will and our friend Will was saying that uh, on the third one they'd sort of emphasised or they'd taken away the I can't remember what they'd done with the SWAT sticker or whatever, but they changed it. Yeah, put his SWAT sticker on. I think it it sort of took his cigarette away or something. Oh, he stopped smoking between covers or something. Yeah, they changed (laughs) they changed different facets of the design. The original (laughs) film was called Poet, and then it was like released as one thing and another thing and another thing, all emphasising this. You know, taking away the drama yeah. kind of side of it, it and trying to make about, it look like... Yeah, it was about a Jewish poet on his way to yeah. a concentration camp on a train or something. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, very, very weird. <laughs> uh, of the releases, 39 uh, of the of the 300 releases saw some exposure in cinemas. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, 13% of all of them. It's just something that, was... that um, C- Cine Asia has started doing more and more now as well. Um they're they're sort of more well I was going to say they're more prestige releases but they only tend to release about six movies a year now but for example uh, White Storm 2 um, The Climber and the upcoming Ip Man 4 obviously um, all getting some sort of cinema release sort of prior to um, going into sort of um, DVD and Blu-ray well if they get there because a, a lot of these like White Storm 2 just sort of had no sign of actually That's right unfortunately and, and uh, Detective Detective D the Legend of the Four Kings as well as another one which which I reviewed because they sent me a screener for it and it's it's never been released since unfortunately But yeah so there there were by my count 879 films released this year in cinemas uh, and um, 52 of those were the uh, DTV kind of one. So that includes all the discs that we've been talking about. Mm. Uh, you know, all the all the films that have come out on discs, as as well as stuff that has been uh, released on VOD. So that might be stuff that's not actually out on disc yet. Some of them are coming out next year, but they had like a, a cinema release in tandem with their. Uh, with their digital availability, basically. So there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff in in there as well, which doesn't even factor in to you know some of the uh, to to the disc uh, list. So there's uh, like a documentary like Hail Satan, which is on Netflix, and yeah. um, uh, Memory: The Origins of Alien, and Driven, uh, which I really want to see, which is all about um, DeLorean. Oh yeah, John DeLorean. So that came out a while back and. There was also, uh, as I, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier in the show, The Courier, the um, yeah. old Kurilenko film, which I quite fancy checking out in a future date. That's actually coming out on, in, on DVD in February. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so that's been, that's quite interesting. Um, I think, is there anything else I wanted to say on that? Uh, I think that, that's it for my stats, uh, unless there's... Uh, I've got nothing. Think, no. <laughs> no. Sorry, you might have to work around this bit because I've just sort of flagged <laughs> no, on this part. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and that wrap. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll do. I'll do a little yeah. counting, then I'll say, and that's uh, perhaps up are you. Five, four. And that wraps up our look at the DTV year. Now it's on. So the awards. 
Okay, it's time for the DTV Awards for 2019. And our first category is Best Short Film. Uh, this is, um, you know, this is quite important for us. I think the, um, you know, that we, we do showcase short films um, on the show. Um, our next episode will be featuring a film called Pizza Time, which um, we, we both really enjoyed, I think. So, um, with no more ado, here is the nominees. We have Blade of Honor, Blueprint, Bounty, Dead Zone, Doll It Up, Earthy Encounters, Fear of the Lotus, Past and Future Kings, The Kid, and Zero. And Safe to say, I think, that there were a few in there that we didn't like at all. <laughs> But uh, lots of really good ones there. I think uh, uh, all of those we would recommend mm -hmm. that you do uh, look up, see if you can find. But our winner is Past and Future Kings. Yay. I'm surprised because we're obviously, you and I are voting separately. So I was quite yes. kind of impressed that we uh, came up with the same thing here. So Past and Future Kings was a very good Highlander-esque kind mm. of um, sort of fantasy thing about um, a king who makes a pact with a devil to sort of live forever um, and, you know, see his kingdom come to fruition. And it's, it's just really, really well done. Um, really good sort of period sort of settings and things. Um, re really good scope to the story. Um, very enjoyable indeed. And if you'd like to hear more, go back to episode 81. Mm -hmm. Where you'll find the link. Uh, our next category, the He's Barely In It Award for Misleading Top Billing. Only two this year. We have No Surrender, which featured Scott Atkins, and Backtrace, which featured Sylvester Stallone, even though he was plastered all over the cover. And the winner is No Surrender. Yeah. I think I voted for this one mainly because of the two films it's the mo more enjoyable anyway. Um, you know, it, it's it's not quite so bland as as, as Backtrace. E even with Scott Atkins not in it, I think I think it would be a decent film to watch. It is also more egregiously misleading. It is, <laughs> yeah. Well, the Sloan is at least in in. Uh, I mean, in Backtrace, he pe he pops up quite a lot. He's in, he's in it actually a, a, a reasonable amount, whereas but, No uh, Surrender is like. Nipping back and forth to Scott Atkins like mm. for a minute here and there, uh, and then he sort of comes into his own at the end, which is a bit like what Nicolas Cage does in some of his movies. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's just not enough Scott Atkins to justify not to that. justify him being splattered all over the cover. But I guess you've got to sell it somehow. <laughs> Atkins exploitation. Atkins exploitation. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we won't get too much of that. Um, I mean, it says something that he is at that level that people will exploit a film based on his appearance. You know, they'll do whatever. I mean, he's credit. That's a film where he's credited as Boyka. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Boyka Adkins or something. Yeah. And uh, again, that was uh, a film we covered earlier this year on our... No, not that long ago. Yeah, we did the Egyptian episode about a month ago. Yes, it was... I know, it was, it was about two months ago, but I only just finished editing it. <laughs> We actually covered that in episode 90, which yeah. was our Egyptian special. Yeah. And the next award, Mike? 
Yeah, the Undiscovered Country Award for the National Cinema Not in an English Language. Um, so, as, as mentioned earlier in the show, you know, we've been able to showcase uh, films from a particular country. Uh, this year we've had uh, Malaysia, Egypt, and Finland. And this uh, links nicely with our previous award because the winner is Egypt. Yeah, so I think of the... Th- I mean, okay, the Finland one, we had Rendell, and I think... Was there another film they did as well, this sort of spooky one? Uh, well, uh, no, I mean, no? you... you- you covered oh, Iron was, Sky was, 2, I believe. Yeah, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of a, a, like last year. I, I was doing this earlier with, with um, Phil's <laughs> list, uh, and I was naming films for this year. He's going, no, it was last year. Like, anyway, um, yeah, so we had Malaysia. I know the one you mean. You're talking about like the, the Remember the Past or whatever That's it was called. The, one. the ghost That's story the one. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, not sure if that was Finland or, or Norway. or I think it was Norwegian, actually. But, uh, I might be wrong. I, I get lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, we we were looking at. Uh, I mean, Malaysia was very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Revolusi and Pascal, Pascal in particular, we yeah. both really liked. Uh, but for Egypt, we looked at No Surrender, which, you know, just misleading marketing aside, we we both thought was uh, really good. Although we had some reservations about the gender politics and stuff yeah, like that. Uh, and this continues with uh, the films uh, The Cell and Detention Letter. Yeah. Which both of which we enjoyed to varying degrees as well. The Cell being sort of a bad boys ish kind of bombastic actioner and detention letter having a bit more weight to it being a, about quite a complex story about um, an anti-hero about a terrorist yeah absolutely yeah, and, and and yeah that was very good as well it was it was interesting to sort of see a film where your sort of main protagonist is someone really you should be hating but you're kind of sort of wanting them to succeed on, on a certain level at the same time which is quite good it's kind of a twist on that gangster movie kind of thing, isn't it? Like like when we were talking about Rise of the Foot Soldier mm. last last time. Uh, you know, these are bad guys. You know, they're doing bad things. They're terrible people. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got to root for them on a certain level because they're the hero of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that was that was what was going on with uh, Detention Letter. But I think Detention Letter had this weight underneath it. He was he was a bad guy doing awful things, but there was mm. some complex elements to his character which were being explored, which I thought were quite interesting. Absolutely. Moving on to our next category is the best tough heroine movie. Um, two in this category this year, we've got Fury and Maria. Um, I'll just make a note that both of these are available on Netflix. Um, and the winner is Rich. The winner is Fury. Mm-hmm. Starring Veronica Ngo. Ngo yeah, who also was in Clash and... Um, Oh, the Rebel as well, going going back a few years mm-hmm. now. But, but yes, yeah, this was you know it has a, a decent amount of um, a decent amount of sort of character study at the beginning, but as soon as her daughter's kidnapped, that's it. It's you know the film shifts gears basically and hardly lets up for the remainder of the running time. Um, it is very very good. And, it's and ferocious. It, it is ferocious. ferocious film. Yeah. Really stylishly well, shot as yeah. well. To be honest, both films are ferocious. I think Maria yeah. is probably more exploitative in, in what it shows. You know, I mean, that, that is a nasty film. You know, <laughs> um, we could have easily had um, Bybust in there, and also, well, I was going to say Knife Comes for Us, but that's another thing. But yeah, By, Bybust would have been a third entry. I think that was in our list last year. Was that last year? Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. See, see what I mean? I'm getting old. Every year just blurs into one. 
funny, doesn't <laughs> it? But um, yes, Fury was was really really good. Uh, Maria was was a very close contender, um, I think as well. Um, but yeah, if you've got Netflix, you need to check those films out. Moving on to, I think this is our final, no, second, uh, no, third. Oh, we've got a few more there. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'll try that again. Moving on to our next category. If we have the best heroin movie, we need to have the best tough guy movie as well. So we've got a few in this category. We have The Brave, starring Louis Manderhall. We've got um, The Mercenary with, what's his name? Uh, Dominic Vandenberg. Dominic Vandenberg, of course. Avengement, Scott Atkins. Triple Threat, Scott Atkins and Tony Jaa and Ika Uwe and Tiger Chen. The world and his friend are in that movie. Yeah, and then Night Shooters, which is Jean-Paul Lee, and then Rendell, which is our Finnish film, um, sort of slash superhero thing going on. And the winner for this is? There was really only one contender for this, and that is Avengement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know... I enjoyed all all of these films immensely. It's been a very good year, but yeah, you know, Avengement just yeah. it just took it to another level. I think it took it to, to another level because on top of the excellent action, you also have some very good acting uh, um, as well. It is definitely um, Scott Atkins' best dramatic role. Um, uh, a different kind of uh, fighting style to what we've seen. You know, the kicks are kept to the bare minimum. This is pub fight brawling. At its nastiest, we've got curb stumping going on, you know, people getting shipped in prison and all that sort of stuff. It, you know, it is down and dirty. Um, my, my dad's a prison officer, or a retired prison officer, and even he enjoyed this film. <laughs> he, you know, and he, he's been a bit sort of wary of sort of Scott, Scott Atkins movies in the past, but, um, but yeah, he, he thoroughly enjoyed this as well. Uh, really enjoyed the mercenary as well, which by the time you guys are listening to this, it will it should be out. It, yeah. it, it'll either be out or it'll be out very soon because uh, we're assured that, it, that a release is imminent. It is, yeah. And that, and I mean that is, yeah. That's that's an excellent movie, uh, like like Rambo levels of violence. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. mean I, I just saw the Rambo Last Blood the other day, and uh, yeah, it's, it's on that sort of level. But I think I think the mercenary is better paced, actually. Um, and uh, you know has some better scenes in it. So that's from our friend Jesse V. Johnson. Um, yes. And so did Avengement. They also did Avengement and Triple Threat, for that matter. Um, the yep. guy is a serious workhorse. He's got other films coming out next year. Um, so yeah, it, it is a very good, you know, um, action movie. Um, a Labour of Love by by Dominic Vandenberg. Uh, good support by um, Louis Mandelhall in there as well. So, yeah, definitely wait. You know, if you see it, you got to grab it. If you'd like to hear more about our, our views on Avengement and the other Scott Atkins movies, check out our Scott Atkins special, which was episode 85. Mm. Uh, and if you'd like to hear more about The Mercenary, check out episode 89, which we look at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival in a bit more detail. Yep. And Night Shooters, I think, I mean, that was my... It came out at a weird time. I think it officially got released right at the beginning of this year. I think my copy arrived just before New Year's, and it it was basically that and um, Operation Red Sea as my two favourite films from last year. Yeah, it was one of those that I wasn't sure whether to fit in or not because it was. I mean, in terms of when I look at the year on the yearly stats, mm. it doesn't figure into that because it was, as you say, released 
uh, last year, yeah. uh, or well, I, I mean, by the time you listen to this, I should say yeah. 20. Uh, the official, the first release was uh, in 2018. Yeah, the special then, edition. Okay, they, they released a sort of special edition, which which is the most unspecial edition ever, by the way. Um, <laughs> although it has a nice, you know, a different cover, basically, to sort of separate it from the other one. But that came, that was supposed to come out around about Christmas time, and then mm. the official Sorry. release in, 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 in January this year. But if you and then it turned up on Net, uh, Net, well, no, it was Amazon, wasn't it? Amazon. It turned up on Amazon Prime. Yeah. If you yeah. haven't seen Night Shows, oh, you really brilliant. need to see that film. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, incredibly, in, a very funny film mm. uh, and great action and, and, you know, sensitive when it needs to be, you know, hilarious when it needs to be. It's just got, it, it does so many things. Mm. It, it's one of, it's one of the more complex, uh, undertakings, I think, especially on a, a film that's clearly got very limited resources. Yeah. Um, but it's you know shot really well. It's I think everyone who likes British comedy in general and, yeah. and action films and, and, and martial arts films all would enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do like films which sort of you know take a sort of comedic look at the, the actual filmmaking process as well. You know, it can, it, it can sort of take you know cast a sort of wry eye over, over sort of independent filmmaking. Um, and sort of show its sort of shortcomings and all the rest of it, which, which is what it does. Sort of takes a piss out of itself a little bit. And the next award is Mike. Okay, so next is uh, the best on-demand exclusive. So now we're looking at films which didn't get us um, uh, even a DVD release and were picked up by either Amazon Prime, Shudder, or um, or uh, Netflix. And our list is The Cell, Pascal. Fury, Maria, and The Brave. And it's another win for Fury. Absolutely. So, again, you know, this is a solid list of films which you really, really should check out. I mean, I think one of the strengths of both Amazon Prime and Netflix is their huge library, and especially their sort of international section. Um, It is definitely worth just browsing through You'll find some really, really interesting films in there. And and the problem is with both Netflix and Amazon, they tend to hide them. You know, they, they don't really do a lot to, you know, let you know they're there. Even though you might be you might watch loads and loads of Scott Atkins films or, or you know, Jesse Johnson films or martial arts films, and it'll still not pick up, you know, the clue that, hey, you might actually be interested in this one over here. Um it, it, it takes a lot of digging, unfortunately, but um, definitely worth checking out. Okay, moving on. Um, so this is our final category. Our final category. Yes. Uh, and this is the We Di- we Honestly Didn't Expect to Enjoy It So Much Award. So in this one, we've got Rise of the Foot Soldier Marbella, covered in a previous episode. Uh, Bleeding Steel, the Jackie Chan movie. Um... Detention Letter, MMA, Love Never Dies, Dave Made a Maze, and Dead Trigger. And Rich? Well, the winner is Dead Trigger with Dolph Lundgren. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I I really enjoy this, except for the ending. Um, the, the very last scene. If they just If they just ended the film one scene earlier... I think it would have been really cool. But they had this extra scene and it just ruins everything you've just watched. It takes all of the um all of the threat away 
you know, all, all of the threat to the characters. It just takes it away in retrospect, which is a really shame. Because everything else is done really, really well in this film. Yeah, as, uh, I, uh, as we spoke about in episode 80 when we covered it, the I I just presumed that Dolph was going to turn up for a couple of scenes like he did in that Alien Hunter mm. film, which was a good film, uh, but it was mismarketed as, as, a, as a film called Alien. I think it was Alien Hunter, wasn't it? Something like that. It was, yeah. Um, um, welcome but it was to... All, Somewhere, uh, w- w- um, Willits. Welcome Willits. to Willits was the original style, yeah. But but in which Dolph is plastered all over the cover, but he literally like appears on a TV screen a t- in, in yeah. like a couple of a couple of scenes and like a dream sequence. But in Dead Trigger, he he is like the proper lead of the film about him leading a bunch of like gamers basically yeah. to uh, up down zombies. Yeah, and it's really good rescuing fun. somebody in the middle of this sort of zombie zone. And yeah. yeah, and it's done very, very well. You know, good, good zombie effects, good, good sort of blood scribes, good action all the way through. Um, I think it works. You know, um, the last zombie movie I enjoyed was The Resort, um, and I think you know it's sort of similar vein to that. Yeah, I think it make a good double bill, wouldn't they? Mm, definitely. Um, kind of others um, on this list. I think you know, from a, if if you really sort of take the the award title by by heart, you know, we honestly didn't expect to enjoy it so much. I think. Uh, MMA Love Never Dies comes very close second um, because I literally had no idea what I was letting myself in for when I sat down to watch that film. Um, yeah, the title just gives you no clue really <laughs> as to, as to what it's going to be. I thought I thought it was going to be some subpar version of the wrestler or something like that. You know, um, I had no idea what it was going to be. Didn't know what language it was going to be in or anything. Um, so, so yeah, that was that was a, a good surprise, and uh, Dave made a maze. Uh, you know, that's one of my favourite films of the year, it, yeah. and I, you know, I thought it was going to be really twee and cloyingly sweet and overly hip and everything, and it's not. It's just incredibly creative all the way through, um, and it, you know, it's a delight to watch, basically. It's a it's a sh- it's a shame we haven't actually acknowledged that one in, in an award category. I regret that because um, it is one of the best made films, best and en- most entertaining films that we've seen this year. Yeah, I think, and, and, I, mean, and I think it's you know its release history hasn't been great either because I think it's only come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's got like a packed special edition Blu-ray and and it's on streaming services. I think it's on like the Arrow streaming service, but you know it's. It's very limited in in who's actually able to to mm. see it, so you've really got to try and hunt it down. Uh, and it's uh, it was you know I took a free trial uh, to be able to uh, see it, so we could review it for yeah. the show. And you know it was, it was fantastic. It is absolutely really. fantastic film. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So that is our um, our reviews for this year, our, our awards. Um, if you think there's anything we've we've missed, um, let us know, and we'll tell you you're wrong. Um, but otherwise, uh, we're looking forward to next year, Rich, aren't we, basically? Yes. Uh, if, you've, if you've been with us for the last 15 episodes, or even if it's just the last one or two episodes, or you're a newcomer to the show, thank you for uh, for listening to us ramble on about these movies. We hope you're enjoying them as much as we are, uh, and especially uh, we hope that you're checking out some of the short films that we're recommending and, and some of our favourites, like Avengement. Yeah, so we'll um, we'll put links onto some of these bits and pieces, uh, especially the, the winners, basically, onto the um, into the footnotes, and uh, yeah, check them out.
Okay, so that is the uh, year in review, the year that was 2019. It's been a pretty decent year. Um, we've got a few, you know, a few little regrets that we didn't sort of cover some stuff, but we we've really enjoyed the stuff that we did cover. Um, if there's anything you think we've missed out, please let us know. You know, we, we may even check it out. Um, tune in for our next show, which will um, be covering the latest Michael Bay film, which has gone straight to Netflix. Uh, we've got a very interesting werewolf movie coming up as well in our, um, our throwback. And uh, Eric Jacobus uh, kicks some people in um, our short shot. So tune in next time. Cool. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. How long have we been recording? Was that about now? 50 minutes. Yeah, edit it down to about 40. Yeah, about 45, right. something like that. So that's a good length, I think. Right, so when, when do you want to kick off the next bit? Right. Uh, Nearly eight now, or quarter of eight. So ten? Yeah. Ten sounds good to me, yeah. Okay. That, that suits you all right. I mean, it might be slightly later, right, uh, but I, 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 it should only take us about uh, an hour, I think. Yeah. Just ping me uh, a message later. Yes, we'll do. All right, mate.